$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. <laughs> that was awesome. It's Bigfoot Collector's Club with Bryce and Michael. <laughs> That's what I get for small talk. What's your favorite color? Black. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we share uh, personal paranormal histories with amazing guests and tell tales of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson, and your trusty producer, Riley Bray. And with us today, we're with the demon. (laughs) This is how demons sound. You know, if demons... That would make a lot more sense if Demon sounded like that. Because oh, you'd be, be like, awesome. let's go hang out, Demon. You seem nice. <laughs> you seem nice. And- Super friendly. Uh, totally. Our demonic guest today, <laughs> she is an actress. Uh, you've seen her in Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. You may have seen her in the new TV series, The Resident. Uh, she's been in a ton of stuff. She was also in Captain America Civil War. She's met Tony Stark. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Juliana Gwill. Yay! Thank you. Hello, and I Julian. just so appreciate you pronouncing my name correctly. Well, really you know, impressive. I've fucked up before yes, and I'll have. never do it again. <laughs> That's right. Paid the price. I'm not yeah. your name, but on this show, I've definitely, mm. but the listeners will never know. Because that's where Riley Bray comes in to <laughs> fix things. Uh, sometimes. That's so right. you met Tony Stark. I want to talk about this. I'm, I'm a huge comic book nerd. So, uh, All right, let's talk. He's a lovely man. Um, he has his own base camp. I think people probably talk about that. <laughs> on, his, on the set? That's right. Um, Wait, so can you explain to our listeners who may not be Hollywood types, what, mm-hmm. uh, first of all, what a base camp is? Well, it's when you jump out of an airplane and you... No, um, I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, really. A base camp is where all the trailers are, where they put makeup on you and you get dressed. And you, you know, if you are, uh, if you're like, like I am, you're usually in a very, very small trailer yeah um, it's like the pre-hub before you go to set that's right it's where you hang sit out in a honey and wagon wait mm. and try to think of things to do to make your time on this planet worthwhile mm. and you bring your computer and you never use it it's it's stuff like that um you take naps sometimes that are napper. yeah yeah take naps but naps are for me Naps are fucking stressful because you're just always waiting for that, like... Knock on the... Oh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, then they're, and then they say, we'll come get you in maybe an hour. Right. <laughs> also, maybe not. So... I'm always like, it's always naps or like when I finally decide I'm going to drop a deuce <laughs> and I'm in the bathroom. Right. <laughs> and they're like, bang, bang, bang. Michael, Michael, uh, just a minute. They're like, Michael, you're Excuse not pooping, me. are you? Because we need you. Excuse me. <laughs> it's, always, it's always one of the two. It's really I've quite just terrible. just drifted off. Or um, that. And I don't like to poop in public. In oh. fact, I don't You need your poop. own base camp, I do. Like. I need my own base camp. So Robert, R- R- really, RDJ's got his own. Before we even keep going, I just can't wait for some of my best friends to listen to the first three minutes of this and think to themselves, <laughs> Jules hates talking about poop. <laughs> well, we're done. <laughs> we're done with it. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Robert Downey Jr. is a lovely man. Um, he, now, I only worked with him for a day, but he couldn't have made me feel more welcome or more part of the 
part of the team. One of the Avengers. Of the Avengers. He did. And That's he, awesome. but he does have his own base camp um, in that ne- next to main base camp, all the trailers and the wardrobe and the hair and the makeup and et cetera, is uh, an entirely different base camp with an mm. Airstream trailer, um, his own hair and makeup trailer, a trailer that I think his chef cooks in. Sure. And then a trailer where he hangs out. I I, I think <laughs> the there might trailer. be four or five different Dude, And trailers. why not? When and you're he, Iron Man. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I, but hey, he's a very nice guy. Great. Except there's, you know, obviously there's an electric fence around the trailer. And if you touch it, you get it. Yes. Shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that goes without <laughs> yeah. saying. And we all read TMZ about your arrest. That's right. Trying to That's climb right. over the electric yeah. fence to get closer. To we would have done Robert it too. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah, yeah. you. I don't feel ashamed no, about you that. Shouldn't. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't. No, no, no. Shouldn't. I think recovery's been really good for you. Thank you. And you look fantastic. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, <laughs> Um, so before we get started, uh, I wanted to bring up a couple things. One, I watched the uh, uh, Planet Weird has this mini series out, yeah, or it should be dude. out, may not be out yet, but uh, on the we 18th, got it. January 18th. Okay, so it might be out by now, um, depending on when this drops. Uh, I watched that mini or the the first two episodes of their documentary series Dude. called Hellier, yeah, which is about or it's Hellier about uh, Hellier, West Virginia, no Kentucky, Kentucky duh, and it's this super creepy uh, documentary about the Planet Weird team investigating stories. Uh, random email that they got about a guy who said this guy who claimed to be a doctor living in Hellier, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And that his house and his wife and kids have been tormented by little bald creatures. His children call them the blonde, the the bald no, children. No, they no, tap looking on the in windows. their windows, yeah, and pl- and running around in their front yard. Nope. And it's very similar <laughs> yeah. to this story uh, of. Uh, from 1954 called the Hopkinsville Goblins, Goblins which oh, we, yes, the Hopkinsville yeah, Goblins. we covered with Paul F. Tompkins back yeah. on episode four. But anyway, it I was supposed to go to bed so early, <laughs> yeah, and I stayed up. I watched that shit. It was it was great, bro. That documentary has sent me down the rabbit hole for the last seven days. I've been reading a book. Alan, You've been underground. Think, oh my god! Literally, because they think these things come from these old abandoned mine shafts that like yeah. run all through these cave, this cave system that runs all, all across America, all, uh, really, really, and all underground Kentucky through uh, beneath Kentucky. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna watch it, but just to get some clarity here, yeah. th- they believe that these are f- actual physical beings yeah, right. of the, this world. Here's yeah. the they're thing. living here. They're <laughs> tiny little people. They have a goblins. picture of it, and it's uh, footprints. The picture or, is pretty fuzzy. Or they, I bet it is. <laughs> or there's, yes, they're either terrestrial and living underground, or they are slipping in and out of interdimensional portals that are located within, under, the, caves. within the caves. Yeah. Get ready to have your motherfucking mind blown. Oh my well, gosh. What's fascinating. But here's the thing. What's fascinating. They've also so far not found a goblin, and this whole thing could be a setup. And there were literally parts in the documentary where I was like, is this all well, meta narrative? <laughs> is this all like the yeah. planet weird people doing an amazing job of like planting the seeds for a long term like ni- like doc? I-, I started watching and I was like, what if this is the future of storytelling? Where like you you start planting seeds on a website and then three years later you go film it, so you have all this sort of like fake documentary worthy yeah. evidence. That you can build like a new horror movie out of, making it seem like the like like Blair Witch times ten. You know, yeah. a, a lot of a, lo- a long term. It would take a lot mm-hmm. of long term planning. Mm-hmm. What but, was that? Uh, Remember- which, if that's the case, it'd be fascinating. But I, 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 I think it's for real, and we got to get those guys on the show, dude. What was that? It was like the night. It was like nineteen. 19- Early 1900s or mid 1900s, the radio program. Oh, oh War of the, the Worlds yeah. in the 30s. Yeah, 30s. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where people exactly uh-huh. like this could be like a if the, and I think that the, they're investigating a real thing. Yeah. But it made me think. Yeah, you could really like con well, <laughs> some people in the I long don't know, run, man. I think with a really well done, well executed, well thought out. I don't fake think they're should we, should we bury a Bigfoot skeleton in the backyard? Yeah, and <laughs> then <laughs> leave it there for ten years. <laughs> yeah, I love it. 
That's not a long enough game. Leave it there for 200 years. Now you're talking. For the mm. next generation. Oh, yeah. Just tell your children yeah. and your children's children. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, check out Hellier. It's pretty great. We highly recommend um, Hellier. And how are we watching Hellier? Uh, it's going to be out on... Um, is it YouTube? Hell, yeah, it'll be out on YouTube. Uh, but why, it, can you, why have you guys it, watched we it? We got an advanced... We got a pre-screen of the screener. first two episodes. Now, there's only five. we have a And what's great podcast. about it is they're, they're offering <laughs> it... talk about this stuff. They're yeah. offering it for free. So... And it's on you. It'll be on YouTube, I believe. Hell your TV. Okay. And um, Vimeo and Amazon. We'll and, find out. I've never yeah. heard of any of those things, <laughs> but I'll uh, look them up. These they're solid. It's for solid millennials. Crew. I'm a yeah. millennial. Well, I guess that's true. Well, <laughs> thank you. Awesome. <laughs> oh, blubby. But yes, I, I, lo- I loved it too, man. And I'm still like, uh, I'm still reeling from it. So. Do our listeners think yeah. that you talk to me like that? I know I had to be like yeah, underneath. You I had to be like, that. I have no one next to me. I said it very, <laughs> I said it very quietly. Oh, Bubby! So tell us, Bubby. <laughs> oh no! What's your personal paranormal history? Oh no! Oh no! Oh my phone! I thought I didn't get service here, guys, but apparently I do. You're cool. Lots of phone buzzing. We don't. <laughs> uh, Juliana, yes, what is Michael. your personal paranormal history? We ask our guests who come on the show, have they had a strange experience? Have they seen ghosts? Have they seen strange lights in the sky? If they haven't, uh, are they open to the experience? I'm dead. Where do you fall? Oh, wow. <laughs> you you took the it BCC one step further. <laughs> yeah. And you, you, you are the ghost. I... Am the ghost? Wow, that's awesome. You're welcome. How are you drinking that coffee? Because I thought it just runs right through ghosts. You know, <laughs> ghosts can do things people don't know they can, like live or be alive and just be people. Oh, yeah. So like a zombie? No, just oh. like a person. Now the way you're saying it, I'm scared because <laughs> I think you might be a ghost. <clears throat> I'm. I, I think I'm we probably might all be you're ghosts. A, you're either a demon or a ghost. This, none of this is real. Um, <laughs> okay, my personal paranormal mystical history. I think let's let's take it back. Let's start with some stories I grew up with. Mm-hmm. So I am. Um, I'm not a skeptic. I would say I am always open and not looking but appreciative of synchronicity and connection oh yeah and um when i as i was growing up there were a couple stories my parents would tell that have always really stuck with me and they center around this family so my parents met in california they lived in northern california they're both east coasters my mom north carolina my dad virginia virginia as he would say And they met on a blind date in Northern California, and they got married, and they had my sister, Lucy. And when Lucy, when my mom was pregnant with Lucy, they would go to a video store and rent movies. And this young, I know, um, it was, it's very nostalgic. (laughs) Um, The Isles of Blockbuster or Ace Video is I grew up with. Hollywood Connection. My gosh, who is calling me? Stanley, down near Stanley Station. Sure, that too. You know, everybody's got their video store. So. (laughs) I'm nodding. Michael's nodding. So my mom was pregnant, and they would go to this video store, and this young girl worked behind the counter. We'll call her Kara. I'm not supposed to use their names. Sure, Kara with a K. Is this a haunted video store? It's not. Michael? Tale because just let her tell the story. Damn it, Michael. You ruined it. What if it was? And I was like, well, oh, that's well, the, what, we're we're the into the story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so young girl worked behind the counter, and she was really excited uh, watching my mom like go through this pregnancy, and they, my mom and dad would come together, and she offered to babysit when the baby came. And my parents didn't have any other – they didn't have family in town and it was a very nice offer and they were very open to it. A note to listeners, if there is a strange woman in your life who's very excited about the baby that's growing in your I'd uterus, love to babysit your unborn yeah, baby. you need to just disconnect from that person <laughs> in your life. That's a hilarious male perspective. Any pregnant <laughs> any pregnant woman is like, oh, yes, thank you so much. Great. When will you be over? <laughs> awesome. Sounds good. So 
wrong, but right. um, it's okay. You're that's fine. You're doing I'm your best. You're doing right. You're doing the best you can. Uh, this is very <laughs> jerk. So. As evidence, don't mind by me jerk, being Juliana. forty and having a Bigfoot podcast. <laughs> sure. This is the best I can do. This is his child. <laughs> so, Lucy's born, and. At some point, or I'm sorry, before Lucy's born, uh, at the video store one day, my parents are there, and so are Kara's parents. Mm. Um, what should we call them? Let's Kara's see. Parents? Kara's parents. Well, they need to be specific. We'll call them Mark and Sheila. Mm. Okay. <laughs> you know what? My mom did give me a name to call her, and it was really good. So hold on. Let's see. How about Rebecca? How hold about on. Elsbeth? Hold on. Bielza. Just hold on. I liked the name. I'm going to use it. Okay. Guinevere. Podcast where we just She's... say Lee's name. <laughs> <laughs> Abstract. Woo. Darla. She's, Juliana's holding her phone up to Darlene. her ear. <laughs> I've Cor- never seen a Coro- person use a phone Coraline. like that before. <laughs> It's like she's holding one of those you're, old bucket, those tin cans with a string on it. Damn it, I just missed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have a talking podcast. We're trying to fill some air. You know we could just cut this. <laughs> nope. One second. <laughs> this is a time for the listener ah, to take some It was a really good name. Silence. I'm glad we did it. Oh, good. Okay. okay. Worth it. <clears throat> so they met her parents. We'll call them Mark and Menta. 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 I just really like Wait a minute. Your mom came up with a fake name called Menta? Your My mom. mom's fucking smart hey, and man. pretty cool. Menta's not even <laughs> 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 We would have never came up with that. Guys, Menta. I think we can all assume it's inspired by her real name, and yeah. it's probably just a, a rhyming riff, so I wouldn't go too deep. So your parents are there. So Mark my parents and are there. Are Mark there. and Menta are there with their daughter, Kara, and they meet briefly that happens. So Lucy's born and she's three weeks old and my parents both come down with the stomach flu and they are like extremely ill and they're looking at each other thinking, you know, you have chill, you, you have kids, you know what this, this is like. It's like you have a three week old baby and you're thinking, Oh, Oh no, we're going to die. We're all going to die. Um, and how are we going to, how are we going to do this today? And, this knock came at their door and they opened the door and it was Mark and Menta and they <laughs> said, and they said, we're here to take the baby for the day. Oh, I no, thank you. Yeah. Also, to which my parents replied, here you go. Wow. They said, we know you need help today. Now, did they feed your parents before they got the stomach flu? Did they happen to bring over a casserole? <laughs> no. We made miss- this Chinese food for you. <laughs> Eat it tonight at 8 p.m. <laughs> so they took Lucy for the day and they brought her back at the end. Of- now, this is 1980. A different what, time. This is 1981, mm-hmm. I think. No, 1983. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lucy. 1983. This is 1983 and... It was a different time. And they took the baby for the day and they brought her back at the end of the day, by which point my parents were a lot better. It was, mm. it probably was food poisoning. <laughs> if you should feel sick, take these pills <laughs> right around the time you do. And they, they brought Lucy back and my parents came to find out that later that mm. Mark and Menta were both practicing psychics. Oh, geez. And they had met because Mark had been a minister at a, Christian church and Minta was the organ organist <gasps> and they fell in love and they left the church and started a cult a cult no they didn't start a cult but they did start uh always on the tip of my tongue <laughs> <laughs> you really want that I can feel it um and so they went into alternative practices should uh-huh. we say and <laughs> another anecdote from these two uh, when Lucy was a little older, probably around my daughter's age, so a little over a year, 
the stage reunion, you know, they're just putting everything in their mouths. Minta brought over, uh, knocked on the door one day, as she, I guess, was wont to do. Uh, where, how close do they live to I, your... I don't, I don't think... Like a hundred miles away. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She's driving. Your timing, Minta, mm. is impeccable. They're amazing. She actually, she actually 40, rode a unicorn to get to them every 45 time. 45 minute flight by right. unicorn. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So she shows up at the door, knocks on the door, and is uh, holding this, my mom calls it a canister, which I think is interesting. I've always pictured it as a jar. But it's this canister of polished amethysts, little stones. And uh, she says, these are for Lucy. Um, My mom's thinking, this is not a great gift for a child, but okay. Um, And Minta says, these are for Lucy. She, in a past life, was born into royalty, and she had nice things around her. And as she grows, you need to keep these close and keep them with her so that it, it will be important for her to... Uh, to see and hear and learn, and they will facilitate that. And um, she's accustomed to nice things, and you need to keep these close to her. Oh, well, thank you, Manta. Come in and make us another one of your <laughs> mushroom special, omelets. Special <laughs> meals. And then Manta's like, I don't have much time. Yeah. They're after me. <laughs> Put these in her room. <laughs> So, as so, they all developed. They developed a friendship, obviously, and um, as that sealed the deal. That sealed the deal. So, their daughter, know. their daughter was a, a, probably around fifteen or sixteen when when she met my parents, and then when she was college age, she went to college on the East Coast. And by that point, my parents had moved back to the East Coast, and uh, Kara's parents came with her because they're. Their life was very flexible and and fluid, and they were psychics, and that's what they did. Um, I think Mark was also a medium. Mm. No, one of them was also a medium, and I think Minta would read people's past lives. And so they they moved to the East Coast, and they invited my parents over for dinner. They lived on—to eat them as dinner— (laughs) they lived on uh, a lake a really beautiful lake a house on a lake and they had my parents over and they all sat down to dinner and around f- my mom said it, it really started kind of the second they got there but it took her a little bit to understand what was happening but their house phone kept ringing and mark would leave the table to go answer the phone and then he'd come back and and twice she heard overheard the conversations he was having. The first one was, she just heard a little bit of it, but it, but it was. Um, how many children are there? Bring all the babies. <laughs> yes, you, under the full that? moon, I shall be there by the lake. <clears throat> Were you there in a single <laughs> canoe? <laughs> yeah. She overheard him say, "No, do not, do not sell. I will tell you when to sell." So is that the, was the conversation? The second one was, and he's by this point he's irritated because it's the middle of dinner. He gets up, he goes to the other room. Let it ring, Mark. Let it ring. Well, so he answers it. Hello. Okay. Okay. If the ghost is in the kitchen, just stay in the living room. Wow, that's good advice. <laughs> it is fantastic advice. Right. So they they learn, I guess that. Um, Mark and and Menta spoke to people all over the world uh, all the time. So wow. there was no real concept of of you know convenience or time or boundaries. Boundaries. <laughs> um, and they were very they were very high profile psychics and had a lot of really you know well to do interesting clientele. Cool. Love that stuff. Uh, it's really neat. And the last little anecdote is um, not really much of one at all, but. My mom says she remembers him telling her a story one time about this very impactful and very highly secretive seance they did with a royal family. Oh, but shit. I'm not allowed to say that. Interesting. And uh, I, can I guess she didn't, which one it might be <laughs> she, mm. about contacting someone from <gasps> beyond. Oh, um, and so okay. The point of all this we're is talking. What I think we're talking about. That's right. right. No, so. The point being, I grew up in a house where we were really open to this stuff, uh, but not uh, my parent. I mean, my I would say my dad w- would identify as a as a anti-establishment hippie for some parts of his sure. life, and um, 
you know, my mom is a little bit of a different elk, but they're both. She's a strict Methodist. That's right. <laughs> but they're both um, they really treat, open to this. Did they stuff. ever treat you differently because your sister was royalty? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, fucking you be nice to your sister. She is a princess. <laughs> did I lose that? Is there no. A, um, yeah, they. <laughs> Lucy is a princess. Did I, though? I can't hear. Can I? Oh, hear? you might have pulled Did it. I pull it? I'm sorry. Oh, you're good. I know how to fix that. Help! Michael's also an old Russian grandmother. <laughs> well, is that working? Check, check, check. That's how he talks to animals. I just want to reiterate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was talking to an animal. You still are. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much. You saved me. Um. <sighs> did did. <clears throat> yes. Bring it on. Did Mark or Menta ever have any insight into your life? Yeah. No, I was not part of the Mark and Menta journey. You weren't you weren't in the Mark and Menta years. I was not. Mark and Menta got canceled before you <laughs> came around. What's the age difference between you and your sister? Three and a half years. And a half. Mm. Interesting. So do you do you, uh does that hold weight with you? Past lives and and uh psychic powers and stuff like that? I am not sure. Mm. Have you ever had a weird experience with your baby? Like, has your baby ever done anything where you're like, how did this baby know this? Not yet. <laughs> she has not yet. But, I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, and and everyone is mm. is different in this in this regard. But I I lost a lot of people from the ages of like eight to fifteen, and it was mm. kind of like boom, 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 and I. I felt them always and I, I still at times feel them in different places in different moments and um, have had them speak to me at different different times. And I'm married to a man who does not believe in this in in that he is very logical and practical and he can connect the dots and he can dive into a brain and say, of, well, of course this mm. connection happened and and he's not wrong there there are biological explanations for almost everything but i'm not interested in those <laughs> yeah. what i am interested in is but, how do how when you said you you talk or you get messages mm -hmm. how does that manifest so the most uh, the most poignant story is that when i was um 18 17 or 18 i was at nyu for one semester briefly after high school. And I got a phone call at about 5 p.m. that my best friend from high school, his mother, had been battling breast cancer and we thought she was going to be okay. And then she um, went in, suddenly went into a coma and I got a call from my mom that said, you need to come home. So I flew home and I spent the night at the hospital with him and his family that night. She was like another mother to yeah. me. And... We, so we were there all night, sort of just all, we all knew we were kind of just waiting, but we weren't really sure what was happening yet. And the next morning I, um, we woke up probably around six, five thirty six AM on the, on the waiting room floor. And my friend said to me, you know, um, you go home, take a shower, come back. And, and I really didn't want to leave, but people ask you things and usually they're asking really for them. And, and I, and I, I wondered, you know, do you need this space? Is this so, okay, I'll leave. So I, I went home and I showered and I got in bed and I thought, okay, I'm just going to close my eyes just, you know, and then you're gone. And while I was asleep, I had this dream and his mom was in his bed. And we spent a lot of time in high school studying on his – he had these twin beds in his room. And we spent a lot of time in high school studying on those beds, watching TV, you know, talking. And she was in, in his bed and she was wearing this plaid shirt. And her face was young the way it, I always knew it, but her hair was gray. Like she'd aged. And she, um, she said, I love you and I'll miss you and please um, – please – Look after my children, love my children, love my family. Hmm. Strange um, dream. 
and I I woke up to my phone ringing, and it was it was my friend, and he said you you need to come back. Um, and I came back, and we we took her off life support, and we said goodbye. Um, and I held her hand, and he held the other hand. We all sort of got some time with her, and then he left me alone with her in the room. And I said to her, you know, I I I, I thank you for coming to me and I, I hear you and I will and, and I love you and um, it's just always stuck with me. I, mm. I really feel like I got to say goodbye to her in another plane in another way and um, Totally. Yep. We've heard very, very similar stories. Um, Jen Kirkman's grandma members showed up in her dream right before she passed. Yeah. And uh I think there was another one too that we had, but um, that's a common. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were talking before the show about how, like, there's that <clears throat> we bring it up all the time that three day window, it seems right. to be, where, where kind of like you get messages from people who are passing or have just passed. So, yeah, we totally subscribe to that on, you know, absolutely. Completely. It's a good word for it too on another plane or mm-hmm. another, uh, yeah, absolutely. On a, I'm not happier because actually that is a that is a very warm memory for me. But on the life side of things, uh, before my daughter was born, she was two weeks late, which was just absolute hell. <laughs> I mean, oh my god, no, 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 no. You do not ever need to be forty two and a half weeks pregnant. <laughs> but the last couple weeks of my pregnancy. I just everywhere I looked, it was so it was she was sp- supposed to be born on September. My due date was the twenty fourth of September, and she was born on October eighth. Whoa, October eighth was my due date, and oh, I funny. was two weeks late. No way! <laughs> Look at that synchronicity. We love it. <laughs> Michael, just real quick, have you ever been a guest on your podcast? <laughs> Every week. That's uh, so true. Thank you for saying that. What I'm here for, <clears throat> shine a light, open some doors. God, really? So when I was pregnant at the end, I just, everywhere I looked, there were June bugs. I mean, I never, I don't know if I'd ever really seen a June bug in LA and we don't. I certainly haven't. It wasn't a thing I really knew about. I mean, we grew up with cicadas on the East Coast. You know, that's like, I love a cicada. I love their weird, I don't know if you guys know about cicadas cicada. and mm-hmm. how they hibernate for like eight to 10 years. Yeah. And then they get wow. like the that's coolest thing of all time. Big, June, big fan. Big June bugs are just fat bugs that just tend to die around my garage. There you go. There you go. Like... They, I had never, I, I had never noticed them here. And I think that is something that really speaks to me is once you open your your mind, your eyes, your heart to something, you tend to start seeing it or feeling it yeah. more often. Like a word you've never heard and then you hear it three times that day. Mm-hmm. It's so strange. And so many of these things are always around us and we're not listening um, because there's a lot to pay attention to and a lot we have to focus on. It's it's hard to quiet your mind and, and see these things. But like the June bug, for example, it just this it started to be her. So when I'd see a June bug, I would know it was my daughter saying, like, I'm coming, but not today. Right, right. <laughs> and then I stopped seeing them and then she's born. And I just it's always stuck with me and it kind of became a a thing with my family. We and we called her June Bug that those last two weeks, which we don't anymore. Her uh-huh. name is her name is Mabel after my grandmother. And uh, Junebug's cute nickname. Junebug's pretty yeah, cute. Yeah, it's cute. I know, it's so sweet. It could be so her sweet. spirit insect. It, it, I think it is, and it, 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 will, it will always be to me. But, I, you know, I love stuff like that. And yeah, I it's wild. I feel very connected to it. And you either, for me, what connects me to that is is loss and uh, knowing that, and looking for sometimes, sure, but also just knowing that if you say, hey, are you there? Can I feel you? Usually, the the thing you're looking for will say yes, I am. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think until you experience something like that, y- you could be a skeptic because, well, you don't know what it feels like. 
Um, I also think you're a good example. I mean, just sitting with you and speaking with you, I feel like you're definitely an empathetic person. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, sometimes it is just there's some wiring in certain people's brains that kind of tune them into this stuff a little bit more. So I wouldn't be surprised if you had a little bit of that, uh, you know. I was thinking that same thing. It sounds like you're very kind of in tune with – with those type of elements, you know what I mean? I feel like if you yeah. dug in and explored a little bit, you might be able to unlock it even even more. I don't think you're wrong. I, I, I would certainly like to think that. Um... Any interest in that? Any interest in going down the path? Well. Would you like to initiate yourself <laughs> into witchery? <laughs> Michael, light those candles initiate next to you. Initiate myself. I'm, I'm the leader. Of... Um, well, you guys had one of my very best, nearest, dearest the best of all time, Anna O'Reilly. Oh yeah, big fan. Mm, yes. So I don't. I think uh, I don't know. Did Anna? Your talk parents to- sound similar too, by the way. <laughs> My parents in in their like empathetic connection yeah, ability to connect yeah so that's yeah, pretty yeah accurate especially my mom also she completely hid the fact from us that she does tarot card was, readings so that's where i'm and going if michael ever what? lets i found this out afterwards i was like on o'reilly <laughs> what business do you have Why keeping this skill it? from yeah. a- she just didn't bring us. She's like, oh, I'll come back and do tarot card readings for you. And I was like, that. damn straight, you will. I think yeah. that's a great idea, and it should be a full episode. And she, sh- I mean, she'll talk you through what she wants to do, but I would imagine she probably would want to pull three cards for each of you. Yeah, yeah. that'd um, be great. Anyway, she reads Anna, tarot. Anna, if you're listening, you're coming back on the show. <laughs> She's very cross with I'm you. I'm sure she will yeah. listen. Celtic cross. She is ah. a great ah. friend. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, man. Oh, boy. But yes, Anna, Anna is my... Um, my friendship, uh, spiritual, as well, more tarot than astrology, though she's really well versed, even though she says that she doesn't speak the language. She actually really does speak the language. And, um, <laughs> and she, anyway, she is my friendship connection to all those things. And uh, that's been a really fun um, bond to have and a person to look to For to sure. explore that kind of I understand what that stuff. feels like. I have it with these two guys sitting right here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Except it's about a big old stinky Sasquatch. <laughs> oh, God. Woo. Speaking of which, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's time for this week's story of high strangeness. Sure is. With Julianne Aguil, a.k.a. Bubby. Creep. <laughs> 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 You're going to do all right here, kid. Oh, You're not you. leaving, Juliana. We're keeping you around. <laughs> and they never saw her again. Mm. We have bodies in those guitar cases. <laughs> hey, Mike, are you familiar with the work of Dr. Ian Stevenson? I am, in fact, familiar with the work of Dr. Ian Stevenson. Mm. I've been reading a book lately called... We do this all the time. Uh, mm. The... Oh, shit. It's, I, I'm reading that Jason Blubus book slowly okay. about the life and times of Bigfoot. Right. And it's sort of an academic uh, skeptic's take on the cultural phenomenon that is Bigfoot. But there's a whole chapter on Yeti, which I just read, but did not take notes. Well, no, I mean, that's totally something. Ian Stevenson was a guy on um, um, Past Disney Lives. show? Ian St- oh, Ian never Stevens? mind. Oh, totally different guy. I thought there was a guy in Tibet <laughs> with the last name of Stevenson who... Mm-mm. Okay, no, let's, let's was, ignore everything yeah, I just we'll, said. We'll cut that let's out. Let's cut this shit. Okay. <laughs> Let me ask me the question again. Yeah. I, I was, hey, have, Mike. <laughs> hey, Mike. Yeah, what's up, Bryce? Have you ever heard of a Dr. Ian Stevenson? In fact, I have not. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking on uh, past lives, he was a doctor who uh, based his the soul of his work on... Uh, on trying to prove the existence of reincarnation, just going back to what we were talking about earlier. Oh, I thought you were kicking off this week's story of high strangeness. That would have been the proper with thing to do. Past life. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, oh boy, how are we going to leap yeah. from this guy to yeah. what you're about you know to what? talk Let's about? Let's just cut that out. Let's just jump no, right No, no, no. I like all of it. Anyway, but he would, he would talk you're to You're abusing uh, the powers of cutting. Well, well, I guess there's a segue because I, <laughs> I know. Yeah, really. Yes, welcome. He started his research in Tibet, so it sort of does segue, but he was interested in these young kids who would describe 
um, their past lives in complete detail when they were around like, you know, three, four, five years old, but they would describe a time and place that they could know nothing about. There is that awesome 2020 special from years ago yes. about the kid who... The pilot? Yes, yeah. remembered he was That's a right. World, War II pilot, World War II pilot, and he had he could pick people an out in pictures of books. Yeah, and he had an encyclopedic he died in knowledge of av- aviation. Yeah. That shit is nuts. If you okay, can find but didn't that... They dispr- didn't they dive in and disprove this? How? I sure. can't remember, but can we look that up later? Because it's ha- it kind of does haunt me, it and probably... I am obsessed with it. Oh! But... Like, I love this story, but I do think they... By the way... Even if they did, that wouldn't discount the thousands of cases that Dr. Stevenson um, researched. And Guys, guys. Yeah. I forgot something. What? Bullshit or believe it. Oh, yeah. We didn't play bullshit or believe it. All right. Well, jump in. Well, go on. Finish your point about Stevenson, and then I'll... uh... Okay. Reincarnation is real. Go. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, God, I'm an an idiot. Uh, Juliana, we have a game we like to play on this show. It's called Bullshit or Believe It. I go down a list of rapid fire uh, thing, a ra- rapid fire list, and you answer uh, bullshit if you believe in it. I mean, wait a minute. Bullshit. <laughs> Fuck. Focus. <laughs> the good thing is, she, meant, she I knew what you meant. Already <laughs> understand the great. game. Yeah. That's right. And I am ready to play. Okay, She's ready to go. So here we're going to go. Uh, Let's take a window into Juliana's psyche. Pause while I look for it. We've been making this show for over a year. <laughs> you wouldn't know Every it. single week. <laughs> <laughs> We're I stayed up late watching this documentary. Oh, man. Um, <sighs> shit. Wait, hold on. Here we go. This is all cut. Cut, 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 cut. Now you're abusing the cut. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, it's so much fun. Remember when I held a phone to my ear and okay. listened for over a minute? Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was good cool. radio. Yeah. Juliana Gwill. Bullshit or believe it. On your mark. Get set. Ghosts. Believe it. UFOs. Bullshit. Bigfoot. Bullshit. Angels. Believe it. Gnomes. Believe it. Boy, I'm so confused. Fairies. <laughs> Fairies. Oh, but they said berries. I it's like, I love raspberries. Berries. <laughs> Blueberries. Fairies. Uh, bullshit. Unicorns. Bullshit. Loch Ness Monster. Bullshit. Gray aliens. Bullshit. Parallel universes. Believe it. Mermaids. Bullshit. Heaven. Mm, I don't know. Heaven. I don't know. Heaven. He wants you to play by the rules and say bullshit or believe it. I won't. Good for I you. I can see his face right now. Rule breaker. The unstoppable force meets the immovable <laughs> object. Uh, <clears throat> hell. Bullshit. Dragons. Bullshit. Yeti. Bullshit. Elves. Believe it. ESP. Believe it. Chupacabra. Believe it. Demons. Bullshit. Atlantis. Hmm. Believe it. Life on other planets. Believe it. World peace. Peace in the multiverse. Understand. Good, nice. job. Good, good job. job. Good, good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Micah, you should have seen both your and I faces with UFOs. Bullshit. We were both what? <laughs> Probably the you one, don't believe in UFOs. The one thing on that list that has the most evidence. You think UFOs are bullshit? Do I think that unidentified flying objects exist? Yes. Do I think mm. they uh, that UFOs in the context of this exist? Um, no. Awesome. You're gonna have to come back at a different time. <laughs> There's a knock at the door. That's probably Ryan. <clears throat> I hope Ryan will join us for the rest of this it's episode. Open. Don't tell him you don't believe in UFOs. Okay, shit. Shh. All right. We're back. <laughs> we didn't resolve the UFOs are bullshit thing, but no. it's fine. We're just going to move on from that. No, I know. It's so we got to We got to keep going. I know. Um, yes, let's move on. All right. Okay, so I have today's story of high strangeness for you, and it is that of the Abominable Snowman, a.k.a. Yeti. For centuries, locals and travelers alike have reported tales of a huge ape-like creature living in the snowy wilderness of Nepal, and is said to inhabit the Himalayan and Siberian regions of East Asia. 
The Yeti and the abominable snowman are one and the same thing, not to be confused with his western counterpart, Sassy, or Sasquatch, which is an entirely different entity and creature altogether, yet somehow, I believe they are connected. The Yeti is said to be an ape-like creature that's taller than the average human, muscular and covered in light-covered thick fur, although there are variations on this, with some eyewitnesses reporting a darker fur coat possible, possibly even gray or reddish. And an important distinction between Bigfoot and the Yeti is that the snowman has been linked to that more of a bear than an ape. There are also disparities in its stance. Some report a tall, upright beast, while others report a smaller type creature that walks on all fours and stands when threatened or fearful. Although one thing everyone can agree on is its territory. It resides in the Himalayan regions of Nepal, Bhutan, and Tibet, and has been a part of their culture of the indigenous peoples of that region for centuries. However, it wasn't until the 19th century that stories of the Yeti first emerged worldwide and became a fascination in popular culture and entered the realms of modern mythological creatures and monsters. It was this fascination that gave the Yeti its alternative name, the Abominable Snowman. When in 1921, journalist Henry Newman interviewed members of the British Mount Everest Reconnaissance Expedition who claimed to have encountered large footprints that their guides called Meto Kamzi. Translated, this meant man-bear, snowman. However, Newman mistakenly thought it meant filthy snowman, so he changed it to the abominable snowman, and the term stuck. Generally, scientists regard the Yeti as a legend, but until there is conclusive proof that it doesn't exist, then it remains that the eyewitness accounts and stories are perhaps true. Yeti is one of the world's most popular cryptids right next to Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster, and scientists and cryptozoologists have long debated its existence. Over the years, unexplained footprints, elongated bones, strange tufts of hair, all seem to indicate that an undiscovered species is living in the Himalayan wilderness. However, in 2017, reports emerged claiming that the Yeti was just a bear. With the help of modern science, scientists have begun testing samples from modern museums and private collections that reported to be the remains of Yeti. A scrap of skin said to be from the paw of a Yeti proved to be an Asian black bear, and a femur bone found in a cave in Tibet belonged to a Tibetan brown bear. They also tested various Yeti hair, teeth, bone, and fecal matter samples, all of which seem to belong... Uh, Bryce, I have to stop you there. Juliana does not like to talk about poop. We don't. Oh, oh, so I'll leave that out. I'll leave that out. Thank you. Please uh, Hair, teeth, bone, and blank samples of which belonged <laughs> By the way, Asian I have a child and I talk about poop all the time. <laughs> anyway... Despite hundreds of expeditions into the remote mountainous regions of the Himalayas, the existence of the Yeti remains unproven. However, there have been a few unexplained sightings and footprints over the years. The first public report of a Yeti sighting came in 1925 when Greek photographer N.A. Tompazi claimed to have witnessed a Yeti at 15,000 feet in the Himalayas. In a statement, Topazi described what he saw unquestionably. The figure in the outline was exactly like a human being walking upright, and stopping occasionally to uproot and pull out some bushes. It showed up dark against the snow, and as far as I could make out, wore no clothes. The sightings caused quite a stir. Although Tampazi himself did not believe he had seen a Yeti, instead he thought the figure he had observed was probably a traveling hermit. During the Second just World a War... Naked hermit, <laughs> uh, just a naked hermit. Just some rhododendrons <laughs> off the mountainside. Shoots himself in the foot there, doesn't he? Um... The sightings caused quite a stir, although Tampazi himself... Oh, I said that. Instead, he thought the figure he had observed... And I said that. During the Second World War, a Polish soldier claimed he escaped... Didn't say that. ...from a Siberian gulag and traveled through the Gobi Desert in Tibet and the Himalayas to get, a, to, get to British India. In a debated account of the journey that featured in his ghost-written book, The Long Walk... Yeah. He claimed that as he was walking across the Himalayas, his path was blocked by two yetis... In 1951, respected British, British explorer Eric Shipton was looking for an alternative route up Mount Everest when he stumbled across a large footprint that appeared to be hominoid. He took photos, of which I have a copy here. Oops, damn, ripped the wrong page. That was very dramatic. <laughs> I was so bold about it. You want to pass, pass that those along? around. There you go. Uh, that appeared to be hominoid. He took photos of the print, placing a pickaxe near it for comparison. The pictures caused a sensation and renewed public's interest in the existence of Yeti. In one startling case, somewhere deep in the frozen tundra, a soldier was on a routine scouting mission 
when all of a sudden he was ambushed by a large half-man, half-bear with curled horns and frightening teeth. Horns? Covered in thick white fur. That... That sounds like a wampa. The creature attacked the soldier, knocking him unconscious, only to be dragged back to the beast mountain lair, where he was hung upside down like some sort of meat sickle. Wampa. wampa. That is definitely a wampa. It was only when the soldier regained consciousness, discovered where he was, and the peril that he was in. Use the force to grab his lightsaber and then help the rebellion flee the planet Hoth. Locate his special sword that had fallen below in the snow-packed ice. (laughs) And focusing all of his energy, he somehow managed to obtain the saber in the nick of time. Cut himself free just as the white mank was approaching and sliced off the monster's arm and barely escaped with his life. A recent photo surfaced in 2016 and went viral on the internet. The large, shaggy white figure walking upright was allegedly spotted roaming a ski resort in northeastern Spain. Remarkably, there was some debate about what the creature could be, with some suggesting it was a polar bear, while others were convinced it was a real yeti. On the other hand, it could be a complete hoax, right? Although the name Abominable Snowman is a modern term, the yeti has been around for centuries, and its origins can be traced back to pre-Buddhist civilizations, in particular, those who lived in the Himalayan mountain region and in some communities. The yeti was a revered glacier being known as the God of the Hunt, In 326 BC, it's alleged that Alexander the Great demanded to see a Yeti when he conquered the Indies Valley. I want to see a Yeti. (laughs) I want. Am I Alexander the Great or am I Alexander the Lesser? I want a Yeti now. I want a Yeti. The locals responded by telling him that it was not possible. I want the whole Yeti. Because the creature could not survive at low altitude. Although in most ancient accounts, the Yeti is a figure of danger, and like most legends, terrifying encounters were told. An ape-like creature that carried a large stone as a weapon and made a whistling swoosh sound. Often these tales were encountered and recounted around campfires to warn warn children of the dangers of wandering off on their own. So from a young age, people who lived in the mountainous areas of the Himalayas have been brought up to believe in the hidden dangers of this ape-like creature that supposedly inhabit their region. Consequently, when Western mountaineers started to travel to the Himalayas in the 19th century, the myth evolved further and further, and the Yeti was portrayed as a terrifying bipedal hybrid that should be avoided. At local Buddhist monasteries, Yeti is worshipped and believed in thought. They think that you cannot always see it, and that the Kung Jun monasteries there is a supposed Yeti scalp kept in a special box, although the monks are very reluctant to show it to outsiders. Looking at all the evidence leaves one to wonder how likely is it that Yeti exists? Could it just be a myth that has been exaggerated over the years, or is there really a bipedal half-man, half-bear living quietly in the freeing wilderness of the Himalayas? After all, every legend and story has to come from somewhere. The Yeti is not a modern phenomenon, being one of the most enduring monster mysteries of all. Well, while many Yeti sightings have been debunked, still some unexplained physical evidence remains that may support its existence, such as unfamiliar track, hairs, tree damage, and unidentified remains. The existence of the Yeti has baffled historians and explorers for decades, and with the belief that there are a lot of creatures that are still undiscovered, who's to say the Yeti is one of them? Maybe some kind of hybrid bear or ape species. With modern science now able to extract DNA from the oldest remains, this creature does exist, and eventually it will be found. There certainly is no shortage of cryptid interest enthusiasts fascinated by the subject who are keen to continue searching. The question is, do you think the Yeti, the big white ape-like creature, is residing in the snowy wilderness? I do. Yeah. That's how you button it right there, with a nice yeah. When all else fails. Yeah. Yeah. You were raised by jazz musicians. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah baby. Yeah. Riley, do you always live score the... Yeah, the really? stories are like... No, you really mean, Riley, beautiful. you mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was very, I, I was very haunting and really compelling. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. it's a ni- yeah, it's a nice addition um, to the it show. Is. Well done, well Thanks, told. Thanks, guys. It's fascinating to me. I feel like with Sasquatch, mm-hmm. we have a lot of... Real colorful encounter stories mm-hmm. like uh Albert Osman, right? Who's it's true. like 
And with Yeti, it seems that there are people who go in search of the legend mm-hmm. and might find some footprints or see things at a distance. But uh, there isn't. Is there? Do we know of any real, like, real encounter stories with the Yeti? People who have claimed to become have come face to face with this thing. You know, I think you have to chalk it up to. Um it kind of pales in comparison. And really that's just because the remoteness of the wilderness that, that, that it inhabits. I mean, you know, when, when you're talking about the people that encounter Sasquatch or Bigfoot, we're talking about, you know, the Pacific Northwest and all, you know, every state across America. And, you know, there's just not a lot of people who are um, trekking into the Himalayan mountains um, unfortunately. Um, So no, they probably good. I mean, Mount Everest is pretty, uh, pretty tough to get up yeah there. it's pretty and covered in dead bodies I've and, done and it. trash uh <laughs> really that that's right yeah i sense a lie coming from no the, no did oh. you did you encounter any uh is this the ghost talking <laughs> who <laughs> the ghost is the ghost back where am i Exactly. Exactly. We don't know sometimes, um, but yeah, no. So I think I think you just get a lot less people uh, having these in, sort of encounter stories because obviously it's freezing and in high altitude. It does seem to me like as much. Uh, look, I want to believe in Yeti more than anything else. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, me too. I also l- love the Matterhorn ride at Disneyland. Yeah, and one. that is a great Yeti encounter. Um, but it just this one really feels more like it's a folk tale to me more so than than Bigfoot. No, I know. I tended to uh I tend to agree with that and I got a little despondent because when you're when you're looking, you know, when you're researching Yeti, you find like well and there was a guy named Brian Sykes out of Oxford University who did a uh, a comparative study and he gathered around thirty different samples of people supposed uh Yeti specimens, whether it be hair or, you know, um, blank or, uh, (laughs) you know, other stuff like that. And 28 of the cases came back to be that of, uh, Oh, bear of bear. What he, what, what an interesting thing that he did discover was thought to be a, um, a lost extinct, uh, cousin of the polar bear. Of the Pliocene age or something like that. I think, like that. That. Got to, I think really though right. that got debunked. But then oh, that got shoot. debunked yeah. as well. Um, Which that's cool. By other scientists that... Yeah. We that, were that, that, we this close. Yeah. We were so close to finding a new bear. No, I know. And you know, the interesting thing about Bigfoot um, DNA analysis is that it sometimes comes back... It, most of the time it comes back anomalous as being part human, part primate. And so there's some there's some definite indiscrepancies there that can lead one to go, well, it's not... It's not this or it's not that, which, you know, leaves a lot of mystery to it. But with this Yeti hair sample, it seems to it seems to always come back conclusively as as part Himalayan. I didn't know there were that many freaking bears up there, but apparently there is. Himalayas, lots of freaking bears. Question about the DNA DNA analysis of the part primate, part human. Is that because uh, of a secret program combining men and yes, apes? Yes, it is, Michael. That's right. Create a super soldier <laughs> Mount Shasta. God, I'm glad I asked and yeah. right. asked answers, and yes. answered. Yes. No, yes. yeah. What's your question? Um, is that could that be because you know things tend to uh, degenerate over time, and those DNAs are so closely linked that potentially you know there are polymers that disappear and can't really be looked at and that's why well, no, that's similar. an interesting theory, and 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 that might account for some. But some of the most interesting DNA samples. Uh, I'm no ha- scientist. Yeah, we did a whole episode on on uh, the Snellgrove Lake incidents where they were able to get some. They basically, uh, it's this cabin deep in um, deep in Canada, and it's only available. Uh, you can only get there by plane. And anyway, they thought this these you know these Bigfoots were. Um, you know, harassing, harassing the cabin. So they put on near the door, like a what would a doormat be? Only like these, like they pulled the re- Kevin McAllister, yeah, and like set told, up some movie, totally Home Alone the style booby traps. Really were, yeah. yeah. And they put these screws in, like these three inch screws. And when they came back, there was like this skin and hair sample. Um, with some blood, and they were able to analyze that. But they found that it had no medulla. Um, the hairs, uh, No, that's part of the brain. But they found <laughs> that it had Fun no... To say, she knows. Yeah. She finished <laughs> the phrase. <laughs> right, also, I course. said polymers meant telomeres, of but course. whatever, it's fine. Nobody it's okay. cares. Nobody yeah, cares. no, and... Uh, Anyway, there's some there's some other discrepancies between hair samples Once again, of human and just clone it, 
clone the sample and yeah. see what you get. That's right. a great idea. Well, the, the problem is, is... Why won't anyone clone it? The problem is, is when they take these hair samples in and and they place them against the, the, the genome database, there is nothing on record that exists to compare it to. So mm-hmm. all the tests usually come back inconclusive mm-hmm. because unless they scientists had a body on the table where they could actually pull from and have it peer-reviewed hair samples of a supposed mm-hmm. Bigfoot, then they would have something to compare it to. But they don't. So they it's usually left inconclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why don't, like, top DNA scientists in the world mm-hmm. why why don't why why aren't we doing that why isn't it a bigger issue people love discovering new species they care deeply well, because about it's, the investigation it's of our environment it's scientific death i mean there's a, still a taboo around these subjects stigma and a stigma and when you're a scientist looking into whether it's ufos bigfoot or any sort of paranormal catch venture a lot of shit you catch a prepared. lot of slack but what if it's from the perspective of not even looking at it that way but oh there's this um there's a sample of dna we don't understand that seems like uh, reason enough to well one would think wouldn't they and i i tend it. to agree with you i mean it uh, that's why we're here talking about this stuff is this 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 should be a fascination that that overpowers you when know. you leave there's actually a coffee can a full can if you could just drop a couple quarters in there that's for our <laughs> dna fund to help i've yeah. actually decided we're raising uh, a little I'm bit of money gonna we're go gonna clone them back to school i'm gonna get my master's in um neuropsychobiology yeah. and um hey awesome you know michael brings up a good point too because you know running a dna sample is around 2500 to three thousand dollars so that's you it? know yeah <laughs> Guys, I'm bargain. You know, Guys, so, that's some cheap science. I gotta tell you, yeah. that doesn't yeah. sound like a lot of money for centuries of wonder. Yeah. <laughs> you make a strong point. Well, we have to wrap up, but I want to ask our guests quickly before we go, mm-hmm. what the hell is that? What do you think is, is going on up there? Where? In 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 uh, Tibet, in Mount Everest. Oh, what do you think is happening? I wasn't listening. In the Himalayas. <laughs> <laughs> Riley? Tune that guitar. We got to go back. <laughs> um, you know, I think that it's a bear. Yeah. Um, I think it's a bear. I like the hermit <laughs> idea. But that... I love the hermit. Very creepy. Very Lord of the Rings. Um, I'm into that. Maybe it's a hobbit. Maybe, Maybe it's a hermit that befriended a bear. You know, I often. Yes. I often and they sometimes... got too close. Mm-hmm. You know what keeps me onto this mystery is when you review some of the cases in Russia, they have something that's called the mink. And it's in similar type territories, and there's no disparity between those type of encounters that you were talking about, Michael, and what they run across when they see these and video and photographic evidence. And lest of a we large... not forget the Dyatlov Pass incident, yeah, that's which right. is the craziest and also might involve a Yeti. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Ooh. And and there's a there's a plethora of photographic and video evidence of some sort of hairy biped creature. Um, that seems to be haunting the area. You know, there's a great video on YouTube of these two hikers. They're up in the Himalayas, and and they focus their camcorder onto this walking creature, almost like you know, thirty miles away. And it it is making tremendous strides up a snowy bank. Um, and they and you could hear their wonderment as just like, what are we watching? And I've seen the video over and over. Yeah, we'll and it's put that not in a, the. It's not a bear. And it's obviously not a person because, I mean, they are making... Might uh, are, be CGI. Here's where I stand. Uh, yeah, that one might mm. just be... There's a, send it. Uh, we'll post it we'll on post the show links. Yeah. There is a lot that we do not know about this this planet and this yeah. universe. And there's a lot we will never know if we don't protect it and try to... That's a good well, amen. Yeah, that. hell yeah. To. Um, I'm very open to it. I, I think about... You know, you ask about mermaids, and I, I love that mermaids were manatees to sailors, and I love, you know, and you think about Loch Ness, you think about Megalodon sharks. Well, I would disagree sharks, with the mermaid and, thing. Uh, oh, would <laughs> you? Would you, Bigfoot podcast? Is a firm believer in I don't want to talk about it now, but uh, there um, might be some evidence otherwise. Sure, sure, and I, I I'm very in, very into it. I, I think that I think we don't know, and I love the. Um, the desire to know. No, listen. You said you said it. a mouthful. The world is a mysterious place. That was a mouthful. And <laughs> and no, it's it's true. And 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 uh, you know, to think that we have all the answers, and for science to reduce and to materialize the unknown is, I think, is a vast tra- mm-hmm. tra- tragedy. So. I do too. I do too. Mm. Wow. Guys, it's the sad song of the Yeti. Yeah. 
here's what I how I would like to wrap up. Great. Okay. Great. Thank you. Um, when you when Michael emailed me uh, this spiel on uh, you know your guests and and who comes on and what you guys talk about and and then he said if you collect anything we'd love to know that. It's been a while and, since we've done a collector's yeah. corner. But I thought about it because I don't and. <laughs> I'm not a good, nerd. Good, good. <laughs> and I thought about it, and then I replied to Michael, and I said, "And it occurred to me, wait, well, yeah, you do. I collect friends. I love friends. Oh, and I, um, I really thought about that, and I'm happy to, I'm really happy to meet you guys. Well, and thanks for having way. me." Bubby, uh, <laughs> I just I love people. Hey, this is really nice. Your club card card is in the mail. Oh great! Yeah. Thank yep. you. Great, great, great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Official member. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Juliana. Anything you want to plug before we take off? This is uh... <laughs> no. Anything? Okay, cool. I like that you transitioned from this very sincere declaration <laughs> of friendship to any, like. Uh, so what you want to plug? <laughs> any uh, commercial <laughs> chili you need to you throw know, into? You know what? Nope. 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 Instagram or anything? Uh, you know, yeah, I do the Instagram. I do the Instagram. Okay, cool. Official Jay Gwill. Okay, cool. Right. Awesome. We'll look you up. Well, thank you so much for being on the Thanks show. Thanks for having me. Uh, Bryce, Riley, anything before we wrap up? Mm, check out that Patreon. We just made a really good one that I'm excited about. Yes. I, I oh, agree. And also, uh, <clears throat> as you'll have already heard uh, before this show uh, kicked off, uh, we have T-shirts available now oh, and yeah. merch uh, over at Tee Public. Bigfoot Collectors Club. Go find us there. Do guests get free t-shirts? Um, they do now. Yes. <laughs> when they arrive, you will get them. But uh, yeah, we have shirts, guys. Finally, the uh, the uh, logo shirts, and you can put it, you know, you can select a bunch of different merch within it, so definitely check that out. Uh, write to us at BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com. <laughs> I thought you were going to give an actual address. All right. <laughs> And uh, yeah, oh yeah, like like a letter. Yeah, <laughs> we'd love those too, but we need to still have to set up our PO box. Yeah, we so. gotta do a lot. Of um, things. all right, guys, thank you so much. Uh, we will see you next week on the show. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Bryce, what should they do? Ain't uh, that the question? On the keep your eyes on yeah, the sky. Your old uh, <laughs> that used to be your old phrase. <laughs> what? All right, here we go. On your way out, <laughs> Bryce, describe infinity. Oh fuck. All right, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I can't remember it, though. But, okay, so infinity would be like, um, oh, how do I want to put this today? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Okay. This answer is infinity. Well, it really really is. Come on, come on. Okay, all right, so infinity would be like, uh, okay. I don't know where to start on this. I used to, uh, it's so fast. Good night, so fast. <laughs> so fast. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. All right. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their case has had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.